Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. So there's AGM, and then there's a vision, strategy, and future of the church. Um, We've always said as a church, we want to be super transparent with money, and the Apostle Paul did the same, and he said the way we handle our money must be above sort of reproach to avoid criticism. And, uh, and so he said, we're trying to do everything we can to make sure that no one could sort of tarnish us with that we didn't handle our, we, we were trying to cover up or be greedy or anything. So we always do an AGM very publicly, and then we put all that online, and you can go and read in slowly the details. It's important that we're transparent with money. And then, as I guess the sermon today has hopefully encouraged you to think about, is it, that the word partnership here is actually the same word for fellowship in, uh, in Acts chapter 2, when Paul says, I thank God for your fellowship in the gospel. It's a partnership. And so when we come to an AGM, please don't think, oh, this is, you know, Steve, Greg, and Justin doing their thing, and I'm listening. We're partnering together, and that's why we've asked you to come, and that's how we should feel together. And it's in the gospel, to further the gospel here in Dublin and Ireland. So that's uh, enough of introductions. We are finance team who do a great job. Uh, these are the uh, people that know about the money and who gives the money and all the rest. Leanne and I don't, and the other leadership team don't, but these three do, and they handle all the money. So Greg, Justin, and Ola do it very faithfully, and, uh, and are just brilliant, and, and, and not only excellent at their work, but they do it with the right attitude and very faithfully. So thank you to, to the three of those, three of them. And I'm handing over to Greg, who's got pizza in hand, who's going to take us through the finances. So a little round of applause for our finance man. Um. Okay, great to see everyone. A great big turnout, probably double what we had last year, which is, which is fantastic. Okay, here's some numbers. I love numbers, and uh, there's lots of numbers on the screen behind me. So that, that's 2019. How did it go? So if you can see the big totals in orange, you can see um, in terms of the year, we had 110,000 euro in and 90,000 out, which is good. Now, there's a couple of numbers that stick out. So September, we got the gift aid. So the, every time um, you guys give us money, and, and if you're a taxpayer, we can get a bit more money from the government, which is fantastic. Um, so the gift they came in, um, and that's in for one year. And actually, we were catching up, so we had two years, which was 37,000 euro that the government gave us. So that's just fantastic, isn't it? So praise God for that. That's really good news. Um, and then, yeah, so that's how we went. And apart, if you, even if you take that number out, which we should, you know, we should get gift aid every year, we were still kind of slightly ahead income over expenditure. So overall... You know, it was a good year. It kind of went um, to plan in terms of the budgeting and the, and the numbers, which is really good. And then just at the bottom, we got regular giving went up 29% in 2019. So thank God and thanks to you guys as well. So as a church, we went up 29%, which is, you know, it's great to see, um, which is really good. So if you've not got pizza in your hand, please give yourselves a round of applause for that. That's really good news. Fantastic. So that's a good starting place. So 2019, if you want more details... Um, we'll go through it here at quite a high view, but if you want more details, please come and see me and I can talk you through the numbers all night if you want, but um, <laughs> we'll keep it brief. Um, okay, so the actual expenditure, so some people think in pictures, so here's just a few pictures of where some of the money went. So yeah, that's just some of the areas anyway that the money went to in, in, in 2019, but again, um, we'll go through it in a bit more detail, and then for those that like pie charts... Um, you can see a lot of the money went um, towards staffing, so that was, which is great because you know without having the staff members, we, we won't get anything done. So we, you know it's fantastic that we can bless 
um, the guys, um, and obviously, you know, Steve and Leanne, we, we, we don't pay them anything, so we're, we're so blessed there, but also the guys that, that, that we do pay as well in terms of um, Ola, um, Maffi, um, Martina, Vanessa, do a great job as well. We're able to invest in them, and, you know, longer term, we want to continue to invest in them as well. So it's fantastic that we can give money to them to then do everything else that comes from that. So thank you to those guys. And you can see, obviously, rent, we're, we're very lucky in terms of this place that we always have it, you know, it's a big space, we can get it during the week as well, they're quite kind of flexible, so it's really good news, um, and we've got a lot going for us, and, and then giving, we want to keep giving at 10%, we want to keep giving away, um, and that's what we have been doing, we give 10% of everything we get away during the year. Okay, that's some of the things we give it away, um, so a lot of the student unions, we've been supporting them, uh, BCM, we're helping with their new kitchen refurbishment, so they'd hosted us as well in November for a weekend away, which was fantastic. Um, and then also Christians in Sport and, and the guys at the Vingeru School Trust over in Africa as well. So that's some of the areas we've, we've given to as well. So we'll continue to think and pray about who we want to give to in 2020. So when we talk about 2020, um, this is where we are. Um, so you can see we split between kind of regular donations, uh, one-off donations and, and tax relief. So, you know, if we basically get that money in, then the government will give us nearly 23,000 euro on top of that in terms of tax relief as taxpayers, which is, which is fantastic and a, and a great blessing. Um, the number, it's got 29%, but it's kind of 30% there. What we want to do is we, we have one main giver, um, and they won't be uh, giving next year, but if we take that out, we then won't need a 30% increase. So we increase 29%. So we're going for a kind of similar amount in 2020, and praise God, you know, that we'll get new givers on board, We'll get people already given, you know, might be able to give more as well. But we're asking God um, for more so that we can do more as a church, okay? And Steve's going to talk more about the kind of strategy side of it and what we can do as a church and what we want to do in terms of, you know, multiplying and congregations, etc. Um, but obviously we need people to do that. So that, that's our aim in terms of 2020. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, the summary there of what we're asking. And obviously we need new people kind of, you know, giving each month. And I'll give more details at the end in terms of giving uh, and how you can give. And we're trying to make it as easy as possible as well. So I went too far there. So that's just, again, the splits. We want to invest in people. So you see that's gone going up to 70% because we want to invest in, in the guys already working. Um, and that actually also includes Steve coming on board from September um, in terms of one day a week because we're so blessed with what Steve and Leanne do for us and, you know, they haven't got anything from us over the years, which we're so blessed as a church for that. So kind of we want to get, you know, Steve, he can do even more, right? If he, he comes on board and he, even if it's just one day a week, that's a great starting point for us as a church. And if we want to move bigger, maybe have more congregations and more church plants, um, then that will take up even more of Steve's time. And, and you know, we, we need him on board. So that's in the budget from September as a starting point, And hopefully that will increase. So we need some giving towards that and in future years as well as Steve comes on board. Okay, so that's one of the main changes. And we want to give away and everything else we're doing to support Sunday gatherings, um, you know, courses, training guides, city groups. You know, we have to pay for that during the year as well. So that's the aim. Um, and that's, again, just a summary, basically uh, just numbers. Uh, but again, that's kind of on your handout, so I won't spend too long on that one. So... That's it, really. Big picture. Again, we want 30% increase. That's what we're praying for, um, and I'll come to it at the end. We want to keep giving 10% away, so whatever our income is, we want to give 10% of that away. That's really important and, and part of our vision there. Expenditure will rise, and um, we'll see that, but that is planned for mainly through staffing, and obviously 
as we become hopefully a bigger church and church planting church, you know, there's more costs associated with that. But I guess in summary, 2019 was fantastic. God was so faithful. We're doing so much more. You know, the guys on, on the staff team have done an amazing job. And yeah, we're excited for what 2020 can do as well. So in terms of numbers, we're in a good place. If you want more details, it's all there and I'm happy to talk about it as well. So just please come and see me afterwards or email me or, or catch me during the week. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So yeah, that's my last slide from me. So is there any questions on 2019 or 2020 that you want to ask now? Um, just far away, or if not, come and see me afterwards. Leanne. Yes. Sorry. On the 2020 budget pie chart, it says 9%, obviously, that just the number for giving, sorry, is slightly less. Are you going to actually do 10? Yeah, it will be 10%. That's just a rounding thing. I know it's that early on, actually. Yeah, it will be 10%, but obviously that number will change depending on the income we get in. So at the end of the year, we see how much income we've got, and then we can make sure the giving hits that 10%. So, yeah, you're right. Obviously, the income will go up, so therefore, we're going to give more away. Um, but, yeah, we kind of see November, December, we kind of know what we're going to get in. So then we can see how much we've got left to give. Um, but, yeah, it will be 10%, definitely. That's, yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, so we basically went from the year before, 2018, we had basically 24 regular givers. And when I say givers, I mean they could be one giver, could be a family, could be a couple, it could be you know, one person. So it's 24 units, we call it. And it went up to 34 during the year. So that was fantastic to see. You know, a lot of people came on board, which is really good news, and we're really happy to see that. So it's kind of similar numbers we're looking you know, to increase this year. And again, it might be a small amount, it might be a big amount, but just to get people giving regularly is... Fantastic to see and to see that growth. Um, yeah, it was very positive. Thank you. Yes, you too, one of you. Um, yeah, so the reserves, um, we're in a good place in terms of, so in the bank account we have, it's six figures, so it's just over 100,000 now we have in reserves, um, which is a good place. And to be honest, we're going to come into the 2023 planning coming up where we'll talk about how we're going to invest that. So I think. Um, obviously, with a gift aid, that's increased our reserves over the last year. And you can see the year coming up, we should be fine. We won't really go into them. But as we kind of move, step up in terms of hopefully, you know, in terms of planting churches and congregations, that's when we'll need to dip into those reserves. So at the moment, we're kind of building reserves and building people up. And then it's going to get to a point where we're really going to invest in people to, you know, get to that second church, congregation, etc. So we'll need those reserves in future years. It's, it's a great question. Um, and Steve's going to cover it as well. Okay. Yes. Um, so there's, there's a small amount that we already take out for church planting every year, which is just under €4,000 um, that we kind of keep in a separate account. Um, but yeah, Steve will go on to it in more detail about the vision and, and in the future numbers uh, going forward. So he'll cover all the future stuff as well. So that should cover your questions. If it doesn't, then there's another chance at the end to ask any questions. Okay. Cool. Any more from this side? Let's even it out. Yep. Support. Uh, well, that's, that's all the exciting stuff like insurance um, and th <laughs> many, many things. You could printing. There's many things in there that comes under that. So um, if you want more details, I'll dig out the spreadsheet and see. But it's kind of thing, as I say, the insurance stuff and the things that kind of keep going. But we kind of lump it together under support. So it is more support. I guess, in terms of administration rather than any other kind of support. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. Any more? All good? Okay, I'll hand over Steve. Thanks. Great questions. Oh, well, yeah, big round of applause for our blue jumpered man. Well done, Greg. And uh, the questions are great because they set us up. And we do also have a support fund. So it's important you guys know this, that if you, kind of today's sermon, if you know of needs in the church that need meeting, we do have money ring fence just to give financially to those in the church that need it as well. So we have sort of two types of support, the admin side and then the people side. Um, so uh, vision, strategy, goals, and finance. Let me say a couple of comments before I get into them. The first comment is, if you think of a church like a growing child, uh, when we arrived in Dublin, there were six of us, um, and one of those has now gone back to America, and uh, God has been very faithful to grow us. When you're like six people meeting in Leanne and I's home, you know, you feel like this vulnerable kid that could be extinguished at any moment. You know, like you're so fragile, you have so little resource, you feel so daunted, and you're kind of really dependent, and you're like, I don't know if this is going to survive, like a little kid. And then you sort of get a few more, and you're like 10 or 20 people, and we're sort of about to launch into film base where we started in 2014. And you're like, you know, maybe 20 people, and you feel like a kid. You know, you're still pretty fragile. It's kind of exciting, and there's lots of coming and going, and a bit of buzz, like kids are having fun, but it's like, it's not very settled. And you're still not quite sure what you're about because you're a kid. Then you become a teenager, and it's just like, am I going to mature or am I not going to mature as a church? And I feel God has brought us through those years of, of you know, teenagers are like, sometimes there's great maturity, and then sometimes there's great immaturity. And, uh, and you have to make a decision, am I going to become an adult, and are we going to be healthy as a church? And I feel like we're, you know, in our attitudes and the way we're planning and our structures and, and, the, and, the, and the numbers and things, we're now in more of a sort of moving from, from being a teenager into being an adult. And an adult then has got deeper roots, it's stronger, it's broader, it's wider, um, it's more healthy, it's more sustainable, it's more settled on the vision, it's more committed. Um, but then adults have the opportunity uh, to go, well, do I want to become a parent? And do I want to reproduce? And so I sense as a church that we've come from being this vulnerable kid who may not survive and growing up in the different stages to now God's brought us to a place where saying, well, it's kind of, you're kind of grown up now. You're like an adult or you're just on the verge of, you know? And do you want to become a parent? And do you want to reproduce? And do you want to have church plants and, and all the rest and reproduce what you're doing? Um, and accept the consequences and limitations of parenthood. It has costs, it has sacrifices but it's worth it for the joy of the children and all the rest. So that's the first thing. So I, I sense we're in a stage of we're moving into adulthood, and then we've got the chance to go do, over the next coming years, do we want to become a parent and, and multiply ourselves? The second thing I want to say is, when it comes to strategy, goals, and finance, you have to hold things lightly. I mean, this is God's work, and if God chooses to do something very different, we will stay faithful to him. No matter what we think, no matter what we plan, this is God's church and he's in charge. So we hold all our plans loosely. We mustn't get caught up with some ego project where look how good we are and look what we're doing and how big. No, no, this is God's work and we're faithful. It's for his glory, not for ours. But faith always requires action. Requires action. And one of the key things about faith is you put yourself in a position where you say, God, you must come through now because I'm kind of a bit out of my depth. I've taken a step, and now I need you to come through. So it's easy to sit back and say, oh, I'm just nice and comfortable. No, faith says, Lord, we're going to keep going, and that means we're, de like, we're desperate for you to come through now, because in faith we've made decisions, and in faith we've acted, and we've prayed, and we've sought counsel, and we're going for it. And so that's also very healthy as we use our minds and as we pray. 
I liken it a bit like Elijah. Do you remember the, the, the Baal uh, moment where he confronts the, the false worshippers of Baal? And Elijah has to build this altar. And then he has to get the wood. And then he has to get the sacrifice. And, then, and he doesn't know if God's going to send fire. But he has to be prepared that God might. And he believes God will. Or it's a bit like, you know, we've had a storm. And you don't know who can control the wind, you know? No one knows when it's going to come. No one knows how it works. But if you want to sail a boat, you have to put your sail up. But you don't know what the wind's going to be like and how far you'll sail. And so I sense as a church, it's saying, Lord, this is your work. We hold it lightly. You're in charge. We'll be faithful, whatever happens. This is for your glory, not ours. But we want to build an altar that you could send your fire on. And we want to put up a sail that you could blow your wind into. And wouldn't it be a terrible thing if we didn't step out in faith and he sent his fire and he sent his wind and we weren't ready? And so this is us saying, Lord, we want to be ready to catch what we hope and pray. And we're going to step out in faith saying, God, now do it. And that is a dynamic of the Christian life, that that's what we do. That we say to God, come on, we're putting our foot forward for you. Now please come and meet our needs. So with that in mind, I want to take us on a bit of a journey from childhood uh, to, to adulthood. The vision of the church has always been to make a positive impact in the city of Dublin spiritually. We want to see people saved and added. We want to see people rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son he loves, as Colossians says. We want to see a church that blesses the city socially, loving the least, the last, and the lost, and everything we just heard about today, how the money gets put to the needy. We want to be a church that engages in every sphere of society, so we affect the culture. We're salt and light, faith and work, faith and family, faith and sport, faith and arts, faith and academia, you know, faith in our local communities. So we've always had that as our vision, making a positive impact on the city of Dublin, spiritually, culturally, and socially. Other things that I think just sort of phrases we might use and start to use, well, we want to obviously be a church that loves God, and that's primary. Loves each other, that we long to see lives transform. We're not just in the business of doing religion. We want to see changed lives. Making disciples, that's the heart of church. Are we making disciples who make disciples? Raising up leaders has been a key part of what we're about. Forming a multi-ethnic, multi-generational missional community. We want to be multi-ethnic, all the nations, and praise God, because we're in Dublin, so many of them are here. It's wonderful. Multi-ethnic community and a multi-generational community, and this is really where we need to grow. We set out when we started the church to reach the 18s to 35s, and praise God, that's the majority of our church in that bracket. We now want to reach the 10 to 20s and the, the 40s to 80s. That's, that's maturing. That's growing up as an adult and saying, Lord, we don't want to not reach the 18s to 35s, but we want to reach the youth. And we want to reach those families and older as well. And so we want to be a multi-generational, multi-ethnic, but also a missional community. Never lose that edge that we're here as a family on mission. We want to equip believers in the integration of faith and work. And we want to become a church planting church. And one of the things that Leanne and I had when we first arrived here is that would God teach us something over 10, 15 years that we could then go to other countries or other parts of Ireland to start with and then other countries, particularly what I call post-Catholic countries, where there's been a stronghold of Catholicism for hundreds of years and then with the rise of secularism and liberalism and the masses leaving the churches, there's this sort of void here which is, is, is different. 
So could we learn some lessons, and have we learned some lessons, and could God send us from Dublin into the rest of Ireland, from Ireland into Portugal or Poland or Spain or other places that are not the same as Ireland, but have a similar connection with the church in those countries? And wouldn't that be exciting, that in 20 years' time, we might say, listen, we're planting into Poland, or we're planting into Macedonia, or I don't know where Macedonia is Orthodox, but that's fine. <laughs> we can love them too. Um, so, so that's some of our vision. So in 2017, a group of us leaders, we have three leaders' gatherings a year. When we, in 2017, put your hand up if you're at this leaders' gathering in 2017. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think seven. So seven of us were there. Uh, There's about 20 of us in the room, I think. Um, and we talked about uh, three to five-year goals, similar meeting, but in our home, because it was small. And we said, what could God do? And we said, and we did this before we rebranded, so we didn't look as nice as we do now. This is what my slides looked like back then. Ugh, ugly. As someone pointed out to me, this is why we reach no one for Christ. Our slides were so bad. So we had these three to five-year goals that in 2017, we said, in 2020 to 2022, could we start a mercy ministry or partner with a mercy ministry? At the time, we were thinking Christians Against Poverty, the debt counseling, we're in lots of conversations. As it happened, they've decided not to move into the Republic of Ireland at this stage. So that kind of just, they cut that off, and they may come back, and, and we would love to support them. But this idea that we'd find that social arm in our church that would have a very tangible uh, connection. And could we plant another church or congregation? That's what we said back then. And we also said, if we were to do that, what would be some of the signs that we were ready to start another congregation, that we were healthy, that we'd become an adult, and we were ready to become a parent. And here are some of the things we said, and if you like, if you missed my pink, I'm sorry, not many people missed my pink on my slides. The church is envisioned and on why church planting, and we believe in it and count the cost. We have a strong leader with a clear leadership and core team to support. We have about 150 people connected to the church, 80 in the core, 100 on Sundays, and 75 in city groups, to, so that the church would go back to an existing state that it was. Clarity on the location and purpose and connection to the existing church. 30 to 50 people ready to join. At least 20 people sort of 100% committed with that sacrifice that's required. Two to three city groups that were starting to form their own identity and maybe connect to a new location, a new leader, and a new purpose. Financial gift of 30 to 50,000 to help that church or congregation get going. The current leaders in the church to stick around either of the churches to be sent or to, or to remain, and that's actually true for the members too, that everyone would feel like I'm either going or I'm remaining, I'm sending or I'm going, and for the existing church to maintain its vision, goals, and strength. Interesting, because sat here in 2020, praise God, we're basically at that. We're not quite there, but we're not much off. And if you'd been in the room, I think it was about 15, actually not 20, in 2017 and said, I think people, yeah, it'd be lovely if it happened. And it kind of has nearly happened. God's saying, yeah, no, you, you asked, you thought, you put up a sale, you built an altar, and here I am answering. So could we do it again? So as we think about the 2020, where are we now? We're, by God's grace, one congregation, six city groups, a, a growing number of life groups, Four part-time staff, Ola, Matthew, Vanessa, and Martina. I volunteer 32 hours a week for the church. We have an internship and apprenticeship program. We have a leadership team. We have other ministries, Intro 630, the banquets, mums and tots, students and other things. We have about 110 people. It might be more like 120 people connected to the church, about 50 to 80 most Sundays and 50 to 60 in city groups. You see, the numbers aren't far off what we were saying. Um, 
We have 88K in giving from 34 givers. So we'll come back to that question from Vaughan. Uh, regular givers, that is. So that's where we are. So it's kind of looking like the slide we had before. That's interesting. And so where could we be in 20, by the end of our prayer goals and into the year after? Well, by God's grace, we could have two congregations. And I think the key thing for us now as a church is to move to a morning congregations and better cater for families. And I think that's going to be our strategic move, that we would multiply our church and, and have an evening and a morning congregation. Maybe in the same location, maybe in different. There's a morning church that meets in this building at the moment. They're not super wedded to the building, but they also appreciate what it offers. When I met with the pastor two weeks ago, so we might have to find a new venue. This one might become free. We might want to go to a new one completely. But I think that's the key move, that we multiply and we have a morning congregation and think more about the family's bracket that we haven't necessarily thought so hard about so far. Have 12 to 15 city groups, so have these strong missional communities around the city. Have a discipleship movement, so it's not just a few life groups, but we've got lots and lots of these life groups being multiplied. We have full-time staff where required, so Ola, Maffi, Vanessa, and myself. Martina will be heading back to Canada in June, July time. And so we're looking also to have a, another kids worker come on board. I should put that in those slides. Uh, two pastors, so people to lead the two congregations. Uh, an internship and apprenticeship program that is maybe now sending people back out of us. So it's not just about training for our leadership, but sending out. Uh, a leadership team and an eldership team. So we want to establish an eldership team over the next uh, 12, 24 months. And we have a leadership team in place now. A partnership or an active mercy ministry. And... Um, we, we've started a conversation with the Lighthouse just at the beginning, but it is a conversation where they were saying we need more help with the spiritual conversations with those that come. And so myself and Katie, if she's here, are going to go and meet with them and see if we can offer some support. And maybe that could be uh, something we could help with. And I uh, had great chats with um, Joe and um, Jer there. Uh, youth, youth work? We have, with, it's so funny, we have more youth workers than any church I've been to and no youth, right? So let's go and find them. Let's go and see. We've got people going, I want to do youth work. Well, praise God. And Lord, would you, we're going to build an altar. And would you give us a youth? Uh, families, we've talked about that already. Faith and work in our city groups. About 230 people. So 50 to 80 at both services and 120 in city groups. Uh, and giving to go up substantially to 220,000. We've sort of modeled it to say, Lord, if this, and we'll come to that model in a minute, Justin will help. Um, and 130 givers in that model. So from 34 people holding and the ownership of the church financially to that really being spread much more liberally across the church who, who supports financially. What about 10 years? What could God do if we built an altar and put up a sale saying, Lord, we're devoted to you and we want to be in. Now, of course, God moves people on and not... I get that. But why not? What could he do? The church isn't currently 10 years old. What could he do by the time we're all old and wrinkly? Okay? Well, people like me are. By God's grace, we could have multiple churches and congregations around the city of Dublin and beyond. We could have city groups all over Dublin. We could have a discipleship movement, so we're now helping lots of people learn what it is to follow Christ. Training and sending base, so it's much less about just training for us, but sending. Multiplication and partnerships with the, in the city, things like the lighthouse or things we might, God willing, start. A building of some kind. Maybe we'd have our own building, not necessarily to meet on a Sunday, but a space where we could have cafe and people come in and work and pray and worship nights and the staff could meet. Um, we could maybe have some housing, who knows? 
we could start in Ireland, but God willing, maybe we would start be thinking about churches elsewhere and supporting elsewhere. Ultimately, we just it's all for God's glory. We hold it loosely, but what could he do? And, uh, and we trust God and get on our knees and we go forward together. But here's the thing I want to finish with. Personally, I would like to go majority, if not full-time, into ministry. And so, praise God for his provision of how things have worked so far. It's been an absolute joy. I've had no sense of competition with, like, I work full-time in business in the church. And God has enabled me uh, to be able to do that. And Leanne particularly has enabled me to be able to do that. And uh, it's been amazing. I, I've, I've managed to have evangelistic opportunities, discipleship opportunities. As someone who was new to the city, I've understood the city. I've understood my heart better from working in business. I've understood business and the world a lot more and money more than I'd ever done before. Um, I was credible to people that maybe thought, who's this random person coming to plant a church? Uh, so God has been so good. And the whole thing, you know, candidly speaking, would not have been financially viable if I needed to be paid in these first five and seven years. Um, but I have been working 60 plus hour weeks every week, pretty much. Uh, so Monday uh, to Friday and then Sunday, and then Saturday's a day off. So I've been doing 60 plus hours every week. I've, I've known God's grace for that. It's not been a problem. But I think as we go into the new season, there's a few personal reasons and a few reasons that I guess I as a pastor of the church want us to consider that to change. Personally, I think it'd be, I'm, I'm now coming to 38 years old. I don't quite think I have the stamina and capacity I had when I was 30 when I arrived here. So I think it'd be good for me to slow down a bit. I think it'd be good for my family if I slowed down a bit and had a more balanced life, particularly as the kids need more relational time. As, you know, when they're younger, it's practical time. When they get older, it's relational time that they need. Uh, Leanne herself has dreams and visions that aren't just involved in the church, and she's where I've had no margin, she's always had to carry. It'd be lovely to be able to say to Leanne, you know, actually, there's now more space, so you can do things and maybe outside of the church, and she still wants to very much be in the church, but things like a cafe or something, she's got uh, ideas around. Um, I'd like to have a bit more balance, the things around playing a bit more sport and just having a bit more downtime. So personally, there's reasons why I'd like to go majority into full-time ministry over the coming years. But I guess as your pastor, I think there's good reasons too. I would love more time for prayer and study. I got that on my sabbatical and realized how much I missed it. And the way I described it is I, was, I, I, I dug wells in my 20s. I'm still living for in my 30s. And I want to have time to dig more wells of spending time in God and in prayer and study. If we're going to multiply training, caring, and developing leaders is kind of number one, and that takes time and needs focus, and I'd love to have time for that. Discipleship isn't something you can program. It's about relationships. Uh, to enable the two congregations, I could oversee them both and be present at both and preach and lead, even if there's a pastor who's got one of them and I've got the other, I could still be very active in both. And uh, at the moment, I spend Sunday mornings preparing my sermon or finishing it off, right? Well, I'd be preaching on a Sunday morning if we had two congregations. So I'd need time in the week. Um, there's more and more opportunities outside of the church that I potentially get involved in. So within the city, we're talking about starting a church planting incubator with the guys at Emmanuel and the guys at the uh, Liberty Churches and a few other churches saying, could we facilitate more church planting? And they'd kind of like me to help there. And then outside of the city, could we belong to a network that wasn't, you know, we're, in, we're just a standalone church at the moment. 
Could we belong to a network outside of ourselves where we find greater strength and connection? We were planted out of a New Frontiers church, and there's a few New Frontiers networks I think would be really interesting to us and could help us. Again, that requires time and travel and networking and connecting and and making that meaningful. I've had a number of prophetic words, uh, two very specific ones over my life about writing and writing books and having time for that. And I think I'd be really interested in my 40s to think more as I study, could I write more blogs and content and potentially uh, a book or something? Um, But just time to read and think, even if no book ever comes out out of it. Um, And God willing, as I said, I want us to plant more churches and in Dublin, in Ireland, and in Europe. And I think uh, having time to do that. So overall, God has put a desire on my heart for more time with people, more time in prayer, more time in study, and more time in ministry. Implications. For Leanne and I, this puts us in a very vulnerable position financially because we have always had HubSpot, which has a very healthy salary, as business often does, and I work in sales. And so would it be easier for me to stay in HubSpot from a financial perspective? Absolutely. But I don't think that's what God wants. And I think it's time for Leanne and I to step out and say, Lord, we're going to put ourselves again in a financially vulnerable position. Uh, And that, therefore, has implications on you, the church, to say, well, will we come in and support. And it's not just me. Um, Justin's going to take us through. It's Maffy being able to come full-time. It's Vanessa being able to come full-time. It's Ola when she comes back having, from, from maternity, having a chance to, to go full-time or to, to be able to employ her. It's a kid's worker. It's future. So it's us saying, actually, as a church, we own our staff and our pastors. Um, so that's kind of where I want to go, uh, where I think God wants to take us, and where personally I want to go. Justin's going to get up and help with the actual road mapping, which I'm sure will answer some of your questions. But uh, I'm very happy to take some out, or suggestions, or thoughts, or and this is an open invitation to feed in over the coming weeks and months and years. This isn't all now, but this is uh, obviously there's a moment now. So some questions, even the ones that were asked earlier, are actually going to be answered by Justin. But uh, any questions or suggestions or just reflections at this stage? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Yeah. Um, I don't have that all in my head now. But yeah, we, we keep a sort of count roughly every six months where the church is. Yeah, And it, it's roughly growing at about 10, 15 people a year when you take into account those that leave too. The net growth is something around 10, 15 people. And then you have to go, well, look, who's like super committed? Because you, you, as you grow, your fringe gets bigger, which is a good sign because it means you're growing. But then it's like, you know, so those that sort of come and go a bit more, maybe aren't in city groups, don't financially give. They're sort of more on the fringe of things. And so there's also like, well, who's growing that's sort of really devoted, as we thought about in today's sermon, and who's sort of looking in or just taking a bit, and, and that's good, you know? So, um, so there's also that you have to take into account with the growth. Um, but typically, when you have more options, more people opt. So if you have two services, some fringy people go, like, this is my moment, or this is just a better time, or people that have looked in and gone, it just doesn't work. So often when you have two options, more people commit in total. That's what you know, people would say. Yeah. We may start a bit more, but uh, the reason is because we, if you were here when we spoke about spiritual gifts, it's a similar principle, that our Sundays are a bit more what you call the low bar, you're in the shallow end of the swimming pool, and if you've got a guest that comes along and you're slamming about money, I was very aware today, I had this new guy that I met at the door, clearly not a believer, he said it, and his, his girlfriend had bought him, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going hard on money, and I felt it as I was preaching. And, and so that's fine, and you know, God bless the guy, and hopefully he comes back. But the point is, on Sundays, we don't want to be sort of like, hey, I come to church, and suddenly I've got to give my money. Come to church and get to know Jesus, 
as you get to know him, you'll want to give your money as, as the grace works in you. But we do need to get better at talking about money in our church and how you can give. So that's why we don't have the offering, and that's why it's not front and center like a lot of churches historically have been, because we want it to be very accessible for non-believers. So yeah, good question, Katie. Uh, you're asking all the good questions. To be a member is quite loose and may, get, may become tighter. It's part of, I guess, one of the learnings I'm thinking on around church discipline and who belongs and what does that mean. So at the moment, you do, it, to, the moment membership is marked very relationally, which I think is a very good thing, but it has its weaknesses. So, you know, you come to Connect Night, you commit to a city group, and by the way you love and live, you're, you're a member. And, uh, and so, you know, if you look like a duck and crack like a duck and give your money like a duck and turn up like a duck, you're a duck. You know, you're a member. So I, do I need to put that on a bit of paper? No. But there is some, maybe some benefit there. So I, I do think we'll consider a more formal membership going forward, or at least we'll be open to the, the discussion. Um, and maybe it's a bit too loose at the moment. Um, again, with the, with the culture we're trying to reach, the 18s to 35s, we want to say, listen, come and get to know Jesus and we'll figure all that out, rather than this sort of high bar of membership. So that, maybe we've gone too far, or maybe we're becoming an adult, and now's the moment to go, okay, we've grown up a bit, so now's the time to do this kind of stuff, yeah. Good. Uh, Daniel? Great question, yeah. So the leadership team, which I'm a part of, we meet every month, pretty much. Uh, maybe in the summer we won't, but yeah, so we've met every month. So we would meet to make decisions and plan and strategize, and I would typically bring suggestions, and then we'd debate it and discuss it, and people bring ideas. So that's a monthly meeting we have, uh, either in person or on Zoom. Um, and then we have a wider's leader gathering, which is anyone who's leading in the church in a city group or a Sunday or in another ministry three times a year. And uh, on two of those, it's a whole 24-hour period, and we throw things in the air and say, come on, what do we think? So there's a wider opportunity for debate and discussion. Uh, so we did that already with this. It's not as the detail today, but I sort of went through it with the leaders, the wider leaders, and got buy-in and feedback and um, reflection on, on this. Um, so that's how it works, yeah. So I'm, and, and then in time, we'll have an eldership, yeah. And then the finance team is Justin and Greg and Ola, and they sort of handle themselves by themselves. And then now and again, probably once a quarter, once four times a year, five times a year, I'll join the finance meetings when it comes to strategic decisions. So, yeah, good. Was there one more? Oh, we probably got to move on, and this is a good timing because Justin's going to help us. So, thank you for listening, and uh, really open to more questions and thoughts. And I'm going to hand over to Justin. Great. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Steve. I guess I just want to now is kind of just try and link a bit of the, the vision stuff to your finances and just go through some of your, your detail and, and plans and stuff. So, um, uh, thanks. Yeah, so just. Um, Steve's kind of mentioned most of your things already, but just kind of go through a bit of your kind of current state of state of your church. Um, so there yeah, was about 100, 110 people kind of connected to your, to your church. Um, so yeah, about 40, 49 percent, half of that in, in city groups. Um, and your, your, your money amount there was there was mentioned before from your annual rating given 79k, and we about 31 percent is about the numbers of people that are regular givers. Um, so that's, uh, you know, it depends how you look at it, but it, it's fairly, fairly kind of low percentage. It means then, you know, there's almost 70% of your church who, who don't regularly give. Um, and just other, other numbers on, on there. So, uh, yeah, you had your average giving per household is at approximately about 200, uh, 200 euros per, per month. Um, and it was rented for is about 30, uh, yeah, 34 regular givers. Oh, that, that's households um, of units of givers. Um, and, yeah, and just a few more numbers. So we have the 
3.15 staff members. So you may be wondering how you can have a 0.15 of a staff member. You may be thinking he's a mafia because he's so short, he just counts as 0.15. I mean, that's... Um, I, I don't want you thinking that. That's very mean, mean and mad. He'd be, you know, definitely 0.6 if you take our height. But, uh, but uh, actually, that, you know, first of like, you know, one, one is kind of one, one full-time equivalent person. So we have a mixture of, of yeah, part-time people, Otto and Vanessa and Mafia and Martino and, uh, and, and Steve is included in that number and did kind of 0.8 um, time on, on that. Um, and then it kind of works out as we have about 35 people per, per, per staff member, um, if you look at that. So now going on to, um, so actually kind of five, five years' time is sort of 2023. You know, Steve kind of mentioned before, sort of moving forward in faith to that. Um, that amount, you know, what, what do these numbers, numbers look, like, look like then? So yeah, we, Steve said, can we, can, we, can we be a church of about, about 230 people? And uh, having 60% of those people in, in city groups. And then getting into 20 k in um, annual regular giving, and then uh, yeah, maybe can we have 61% of church giving? So that's you know it's double double percentage of people giving. But I said it kind of it kind of seems quite quite low the number you percentage wise of people giving at the moment. So actually we want to kind of really envision your church and really um, I guess ultimately yeah have more people who feel feel that they connected enough to your church to be able to give however little or much much it is, so it would be great if that number could yeah percentage could increase to kind of around around about this amount. Um, you're always going to have some people who are kind of on the edge or, or, or for whatever reason, but but it, you know it'd be great to have a number you know a higher percentage of people who who feel connected to your church, feel committed to your vision, that they're able to able to give in support what we do. Um, so and then we got your average giving per household. You notice this number actually is lower than we, we have at the moment. We're kind of suggesting it could be lower to 130 per month. So kind of the idea is, is actually, I guess we want more kind of spread of the amount of money that people give. So actually it'd be great to have people who are, who are on low incomes or students or unemployed or whatever, but, but still give, you know, give a, 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 an inner amount of what they have. And so actually it'd be great, you know, actually if the average amount could, could go down, you know, because actually we'll be showing that, you know, we'd have people who are on their incomes are still, who are still giving as well and still able to support with whatever little money that you, they do have that you're able to, able to support with. Um, and then on to, yeah, um, so yeah, in terms of staff members, so this is, will be up to 4.55. Matthew's going to be in height now. So, um, and that, um, that is including on, uh, on, on the air, so Vanessa Maffey and, and having Steve as, as full-time, as, as you mentioned, ideally by, um, by that time in 2023. Um, and then this would be counted out as about 50 people per, per staff member. So I think by having more staff and being more full-time, you know, full you're able to kind of support, support more and more people. Um, and then, uh, yeah, ideally having two congregations by, by 2023. Uh, so just kind of then sort of... Um, Roadmap. So to use that word, it's a bit of a business phrase, but to kind of look how it looks, particularly in terms of the staffing in the next um, in the next few years. So um, yeah, so your plan is for Vanessa to go uh, full time for March, which she should know about by now, in in 2020, and um, Murphy to go to go full time uh, potentially from September or before. You know, they still need to see to work it out, but that's our that's our hope. Um, and then um, Steve, as he's just today, we to, as Greg mentioned before, to start being paid from a day a week from uh, 2020, um, and then go half time in 2021, and then full time in, in 2022. Um, 
So Steve's always talked a bit, uh, Steve's already talked a bit about his kind of motivation and his kind of passion for, for this and why he thinks it will be a good idea for him to be, be paid for your church and, and ultimately go full time. And I guess I wanted to echo that, you know, we as a leadership team agree, you know, it's not just Steve, you know, coming with him saying this is what, this is what he wants to do is actually what we all want to do, you know. And we really feel, you know, you're saying things that he said that actually he'd be able to give, um, give so much more if he's a, uh, if he's being paid and he's ultimately being being employed full time and to have his full focus on full focus on on the church and you know it'd be really good to kind of honor him in this in that way you know i don't want to say we've been dishonoring him in the last few years by not paying him but but give us a sense where i feel that you know now is the time to be able to honor him more and honor him and the your family by be able to be able to pay and support him and and um the Bible talks about when it talks about church leaders, you know, deserving their wages and, and honouring them, and that's what we really want to do by by bringing Steve on 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 paid employment for your church, and really feel it will be uh, your best thing going forward for his sustainability and also for your church's sustainability, and particularly having more staff, you know, as well. When Matthew going full time, and I was going full time, and Steve is able to the, to kind of support those and and going into two congregations and whatever. I think it will be. It's really great to have have Steve there um, full time and and to kind of work it all out, out financially. We, you know, we're kind of you know going to kind of build it up. If from you know from one day a week in September and then part time half time in in 2021 and, and full time in 2022 is is the plan. Um, and just um, then I'm on So as you may have noticed, she's uh, she's pregnant. So going off on maternity leave uh, fairly soon. Um, and. Uh, so yeah, just uh, I we I really want to be quite flexible in terms of what she wants to do when when she goes is when she comes back. But uh, but yeah yeah you know your moment she might decide to come back 24 hours, but we want to be quite flexible depending on what what, what she wants to do with that. Um, and um, uh, yeah, kids kids work at Steamed before Martina is leaving to go back to um, to Canada Canada quite soon, and uh, apparently she thinks it's not cold enough in in Ireland, so you're going back to Canada. But um, but we're having a budget to, to continue having having a paid kids work. We need to kind of work out what that what they may involved. But uh, if anybody is is interested in that role or knows someone who would be interested in do do let us know. That would be be good to kind of think. You know what's going to happen with that um, after Martina Martina leaves. Um, and also, kind of, we're thinking kind of further into the future of maybe having a more kind of a, a apprentices or trainee pastors kind of from from 2021, and and you know, not just kind of. Staying with what we have, but kind of is, is there more people we can get aboard? Is there more people we can train up? Is there more people we can can get released into ministry and, and, and train train up? So that's that's kind of in your, in this sort of budget budget going forward. Um, and so just uh, yeah, just kind of the numbers in your bottom are just how how that increase is going to go. So um, in terms of your numbers of full time staff, so as you said, it was three point one five this year. So. 3.65 into 2020, 4.35, and then 4.5. So it's sort of a, yeah, kind of a, a gradual, in, a gradual increase in your, um, in your numbers of staff, and then obviously in your finances as well to to support that. Um, so just uh, a couple more slides here. So uh, just a few kind of other, other financial considerations to think about going forward is we mentioned about you know having having two congregations. Obviously that would increase to um the you know rent that we have to pay so that's something we need to also consider when to the kind of budgets going forward and uh it you know we get quite a good deal on, on this building at the moment but you know they did increase our rent by 25 percent this year but we fixed in for that for a few years but you know you could obviously do it again and you, you never never quite know on these things so we have to have a bit of flexibility in your budget for for, for what could happen with rent 
Um, and uh, yeah, as we have more staffing, we want to want to train our staff, and so you will be more more staff staff training costs, more staff expense costs, um, various things like that will will we'll kind of increase as as staffing increase. Um, and we, we, there's been a bit of a chat before about you know potentially will we want to have have office space? So at the moment we don't have any any kind of office. Your staff sort of meet in cafes here and there or on laptops and stuff. But but we wonder with having more more staff and more full time, would it be useful to have have some kind of office space? And that could be there's lots of potentials. It could could be could be that Steve mentioned like a cafe or something. But you know or you could be could be somewhere where it could be good to have a have some kind of space that is, is your churches, which, which people connect at during a week. So that's something sort of on the back of our minds and your thinking that needs to be, yeah, could potentially obviously have a financial impact in, in, in years to come. Um, and the final point there is that, you know, people do, to leave the church, the Dublin's a very dynamic city, people come and go, so we need to kind of be aware of, of that happening. People, people change jobs, people lose jobs, so, you know, these are always going to potentially to be a bit of flexibility in terms of um, the amount of money that's coming in. So, and one thing actually, we've got this sort of 20, 20 to twenty-three sort of rough kind of budget plan. But I think every year we're going to have to kind of reassess it depending on how much we're getting in, how much your church is growing, different kind of things. So, um, that's obviously you know, all needs to be all needs to be considered. Um, and uh, just a few other things. I guess yeah. So I guess. Point of things, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for this increase in, in, in staffing? And just a few um, considerations here. So we mentioned before we have savings from, um, from previous years. So fortunately, in previous years, we had a bit, a bit of a surplus, and it's all added up to a, a decent amount. And plus, getting, getting in your, your, your tax relief from, for the last couple of years, we need help to that. So, so that's sort of put into your budget for your next few years to sort of um, allow us to have a bit of a deficit, in a sense, in, in future years, but it, it's offset by this, um, this surplus we have. Um, and hopefully, we'll be able to see, um, we said before, we'll be able to see new regular givers, and hopefully, that will be from you know, multiple amounts, it'd be from people, you know, high amounts, some people from really, you know, low amounts, but, but if you want to, I guess, envision the whole church, or how much you are, how much you have, to feel that you, you know, you're committed to your church and feel that you want to, you want to give and you want to support what we're doing. Um, and just kind of other options and things, things to think about. So, you know, we, we, we could, if necessary, kind of look to kind of outside support, outside support from other, other churches or from other organizations, Christian organizations that might, might want to help us. And so that is, that is a possibility that we, we, could, we could do that if need be. We have talked about maybe having special one-off one -off gift, day, gift days or gift weeks or, you know, a gift kind of a time when we, you know, particularly kind of heightened um, talking about giving and encouraging people to give. Um, and, you know, that, that could be a, a good option. We haven't quite decided whether we're going to do that yet, but it's going to be something on our minds to, to think about. Um, and the bottom thing is we just, yeah, we, did, we need a bit, a bit of flexibility and we obviously want to honour our staff and everything, but we, as I said, we need to kind of have that sort of annual kind of review of, of things and, and just have a bit of, bit of flexibility and um, depending, on, depending on what, what happens. Um, and I guess, yeah, the most important thing is that, you know, we want to we wanna seek God and it's all about, all about God and it's all about um, um, giving him glory. And so we really want to we we seek God and as individuals and as church, we want to be sacrificial in what we have, whether that's time or money. And, uh, and we um, really seeking God for how, how he's guiding us and, and making sure that when, you know, we're not just growing because we think oh, that's, you know, that's the right thing to do or that's the sort of you know, business model that we should be taking on. But actually, this is, is this what God wants and is this his vision for your church. So you want to make sure we keep, keep coming, coming back to that, you know, and um, 
and keeping away, and actually God, God may, may take us down different, down different passages, God, God may you know, have different, different roadblocks to stop us from doing this or that, but we, yeah, we just want to make sure we're really, yeah, really seeking God and really be, being drawn by, drawn by him. Oh, yeah, yeah so, so that's, um, I guess, yeah, yeah, it's the end of, um, end of all your discussions, really, but does anyone have any other, other questions, whether it's about what, what, what Steve said or what Greg said or what I said or anything, anything, anything general, just wanted to kind of open your, open your floor, really. Um, yeah, I, I, we haven't actually, I don't think we've actually, we have mapped it out, but if from what the numbers look like, it was, it was quite, it was quite a good spread at your moment, to be honest, and it's probably a bit, it probably is, it's just in terms of a bit of a bell, a bell curve, which is, which is good, but um, I guess it could be um, better spread at your, at your lower end, you know, where, um, and you know, it's always going to be challenging for people who are on, on this income to, to give or to, to think that their uh, giving is going to make any, any difference, you know, so. Um, I think it's, it's just it's part of, of your teaching about giving and actually however little or however much you give, it's the same value in God's eyes or actually value comes from you know, your motivation and you know, your story of the, your widow who gave, who gave one coin, you know, it was, it was a more value because it was a motivation and it was everything, everything she had. So that's the attitude we want to be, um, want to be pressing really. Thanks, Justin. Cool. So I'm going to talk about, I've got two slides, okay? I'm going to talk about giving. Uh, I have a family member who gets phoned up every year and they get asked how much they're going to give for the year in their church. Um, we're not going to do that, okay? So we don't, as form was asking, we don't really push people on giving. But we, but we also want to make it easy for people to give, okay? And you can see there, there's lots. So they've got the letterbox there. If you want to do cash, you can put cash in an envelope through that post box. You can do it online, bank transfer, standard order, and the blue um, sheets on the side, you can pick one up and set it up. So again, that should be quite easy. And, and there's one there, very easy. Um, other ways of doing it, um, we've got PayPal, we've got Revolut as well. You just need the IBAN number, which is on here. And you can literally do that, obviously, on your, on your phone. So there is, it is very easy to give. Um, I think a couple of years ago, we, we tried to find out why people give and why people didn't give. And a lot of people didn't give because they never got around to it, um, which as a church is very frustrating because we know people want to give. They're just, you know, real life comes underway in, your, in work or, or whatever the reason is. So if you do want to give and you're not giving, please come, it is so easy to do, or please come and talk to me. Another reason people said was because they didn't know how much to give. So please come and talk to me again. The only, there's only Justin, myself, and Ola who know what people give in the church. Steve and Leanne don't know, okay? And it's completely confidential. So if you don't know, if you genuinely just have no idea how much to give, come and talk to me. We can have a conversation. You know, I can, I can try and help you out there in that regard or, you know, show how to to set it up as well, okay, so it is really easy, um, yeah, how to give, and again, we're a church, so we don't want to force people to give, okay, we're not going to say you have to give or anything like that, um, but if you feel compelled to give and, and you want to give and, and bless the church, we're, we're so thankful for that, so yeah, thank you, um, and then the other slide is suggestions, so kind of what I said before, so we said the church average is roughly around 150 euros a month if of a giver that gives, okay, now, maybe you don't give yet, so you could start with 50 or 100 euros a month, for example. Maybe you're unemployed or a student, you think, wow, they're big numbers, I don't have that much money. That's fine, you know. I, but, you know, for example, you could give, say, I don't know, 10 euro a month, 5 euro a week, or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's not, you can afford something, 
So if you do want to, then please come and talk to us and get it set up and kind of it becomes a pattern and it's great behavior to kind of go into for the rest of your life as well. Um, And then if you're an existing giver, please think about the vision and maybe you could increase your giving a little bit and, you know, give a bit more compared to what you were given last year to help kind of the vision and, you know, to to really invest in the staff as well. So that's just something to think about. And again, it's really easy to set up. Come and talk to us. Um, Happy to have any questions. I know it's a subject we don't want to talk about a lot and we, we don't want to push that hard as a church. But we also want to, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I'm, bit, I'm gutted when I see that, you know, the biggest reason people don't give is they don't get around to it. I'm like, ah, come on, just come and chat to me or send me a message or whatever, you know, meet for coffee. That's perfectly fine. Um, you know, we'll help you get set up. So it is so easy. And just come and chat to us. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Greg. So any final questions? Any final on anything? And then we're going to pray about anything at all. I meant, Daniel, I've, you asked a question, by the way, about how can the church be more involved. One of the thoughts is we do a bit more of this uh, two or three times a year where we say we're going to have a bit of a vision night and see where we're at and a financial update and then we can have the questions and you can be made aware. So that's one. But if it, people have suggestions, I think that's what we're trying to say here is we're not going to take everything we to do it immediately but feed stuff in. We want ownership. We want partnership. Okay, just to, uh, maybe we should make clear, at the moment, Vanessa and Ola are 32 hours a week and Mafia is 20 hours a week. So just so you know what I just was, we were sharing, I thought that may not be clear. So Vanessa will go full-time in March. Matthew, depending on their decision, we're offering full-time in September or before. Ola is absolutely welcome on 32 hours when she comes back, but may choose to go less. Uh, so just make that clear as well. Good. Okay, here's a final thought, and then we're going to pray. Look at this prayer. And if anyone knows you prayed it, let me know, because I do, and you wouldn't guess it. It's 15th century, 16th century. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have become true because we dream too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of the things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life, having fallen in love with life, We have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we've allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. Great prayer, isn't it? So Francis Drake. Great. Um, Let me pray. Um, Just take a moment just to ask God for his guidance, his provision, his wisdom, his courage. Just in the quietness there, let's just have a moment of seeking God together in quietness. Lord, the only voice we can hear now is a child's voice. And we come as children. So you are Heavenly Father, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who has all the resources in your hands. And Lord, if we would open, only open ourselves up on the Godward side, what could you do? We want it to be for Jesus' name, not our name. We want it to be that the lost would be saved. We want it to be so the poor would be loved, that we'd grow and mature, that disciples would be made who make disciples. So Lord, we pray, provide, guide, Envision, may we not sail too close to the shore. 
May we get out in the choppy seas and, Lord, we say we're desperate. We're like children and we're looking to you, our Heavenly Father, to be the great provider and sustainer. And uh, so we look to you, Lord, and ask for your provision and for, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.